There we go. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. Sorry about that, guys. A little bit of tech problems, but that's okay because I'm with good company tonight. I have Beth. Oh, thank you. With everybody. Hi, John. Hey. So tell everybody what your podcast is all about. Well, we are the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. I have a co-host named Case, and I've known her for a very long time. We both have a love of television and television movies. So we decided to start a podcast where we would talk about TV movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we really kind of chose that genre because I think it's an under-discussed area of television that, you know, you think about in the 70s and 80s, we had TV movie events where it was a really big deal to watch television. And it still is today, but it's we watch it differently today than we did back then. And so that's sort of why we chose chose it. And we love it. It's been a ton of fun. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I listen to a lot of some of your episodes and everything. Thank I you. like your spontaneous. I love your your spunk and everything on the show. <laughs> you got you do a de you guys definitely do a great job bringing oh, the thanks. humor and stuff like that onto your show. So I just want to say welcome to the show. Thanks for and having me. You're very welcome. And we are actually doing our 16 candles review. I do apologize for the tech issues from earlier and everything so for further ado let's go on ahead and get on with the show so i know that we have a little bit of disclaimer so we're going to get to that first and then from there we'll go on ahead and uh talk about this movie that i'm excited about talking about yeah me too we've already kind of talked a lot about it so i can't wait to revisit some of what we already <laughs> talked about but i kind of wanted to start with saying that um I wanted to maybe just talk a, for a minute about the Long Duck Dong character because I know recently, in, in years recent, there have been people that have found that problem to that character to be problematic. And I found a really great article that I think sort of adds some context to not just this movie, but maybe 80s movies in general because the humor in 16 Candles isn't. Um, isolated from the kind of humor that we had in, in comedies back then. So I found this article from VH1 called 16 Things Millennials Don't Understand About 16 Candles by Mike McPadden. And he writes that racial, ethnic, and cultural differences made people laugh and not necessarily out of hate. Exaggerations of perceived racial, ethnic, and cultural traits were commonplace in American entertainment from before cinema even began. All right. So with that out of the way, let's go on ahead and get on with it. So when this movie opens up, pretty I much it, it opens up into the life of Molly Ringwald, into mm -hmm. her life. Everything is chaotic in her home. You have the parents going all over the place. Her brother is uh, going in, uh, wanting to beat up his sister. You have a bunch of conflict with the family and things like that. And here comes Molly Ring Ringwald's character. And it's her 16th birthday. She's excited because it's her first uh, 16th birthday and everything because you don't turn 16 anymore after that. So this is her big moment to be 16. And then with all the chaos that's going around because of the fact that her older sister is getting married, her parents forget her, eight, her 16th birthday. And I like that line that she delivers once she uh, gets out of the house. We're just, fuck, they forgot my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when Mike, the little brother, is like, I haven't hit her yet, and I probably will later. <laughs> I just love the little brother. He's such an asshole, <laughs> but he's so funny. 
Exactly. The the little brother's always funny though because we're gonna get into that like later on whenever we get into the introduction to Long Duck Dong yeah. because of what the brother says about him because oh, Molly yeah. Wingroll complains about her her sleeping on the couch and then her brother says this nice little clever line that's not forced but it's actually funny though the way he actually says it. Yeah. But you know it's just one of those chaotic moments in in the morning time. Everything yeah. where the parents forget the birthday. Then also, too, you know, the mother's like, "Well, you know, you know, you're late and everything. You're gonna have to um, go off without a sandwich and everything and stuff like that. Her, without your carrots." <laughs> and so, you know, she goes, "You think that's what I'm upset about?" And she's like, "What? What else is there? Nothing." And then that's when she makes that uh, drops the f bomb, and then she walks out, and then. That's when we actually get into the actual film itself, where you see yeah. the high schoolers, you see them going into the back of the um, pants, you know, where couples actually put their put their hands in each other's back pockets. You see a very nostalgia factor whenever you get down to the 1980s round. When you, like, and the way that high school kind of was. And there's a lot of people, if I recall, there's a lot of people that smoke are smoking. And when I was in high school, if you were, I think the smoking age was 16 and we had a, we called it the cage that was where the smokers could, they actually had a designated yeah. area for students to smoke. And I think they did in this movie too, which, which is, I mean, it was the norm. People, everybody smoked everywhere in the eighties. Right. Even in my high school, um, where I went to, we had a thing called the bull ring. So okay. basically back in the eighties and everything, this is before they actually stopped doing tobacco on campus and everything. Yeah. But you know, everywhere, <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's basically these uh cement seats that people sit around and they can just sit down and smoke around each other and stuff like that and just talk. And that's the bull ring now, it's just more of a come together kind of thing and just hang out on your yeah. breaks, but like a community area, right? <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. convinced everybody that was was just smoking uh cigarettes at my high school either, <laughs> right? Maybe a little reefer, maybe well, a little, you know, bit. you never you know. know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 80s, we did a lot of crazy things, <laughs> but yeah. Um, then let's see, Brandy says it was uh, her parents are clueless, okay? Yep, it was her 16th birthday. We just told how old we are, yep, how old we are. Yeah, we definitely told how old we were. <laughs> but uh, well, I was—I will say that I was 15 when this movie came out. I might have been 14, but I think I was 15, and I turned 16 when it came out on VHS tape because that was a big deal too back then. You had—I think it was like usually a year between the time a movie came, left the theater and then it came out on VHS. And then they were a hundred dollars. They were ridiculously expensive. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You see, I didn't know about the hundred dollar price tag on the VHS. They were tape, all so about that was something new. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not and not every movie came out on VHS, and there were direct to video, obviously. But yeah, they were about a hundred dollars if you wanted to buy a a big movie. Some of the probably direct to video may have been cheaper, but hmm. yeah, they were expensive. Oh wow, I never knew about the hundred dollar price tag on the VHS. So you taught me something new that I didn't know about. Yeah. So. <laughs> rental by the time 16th candles came out we did have there were rental store blockbuster didn't exist little right. mom and was, pops did though so you just go rent it you didn't have to pay the 100 bucks exactly 
and matter of fact, I did a blockbuster uh, review for the uh, last blockbuster documentary oh, and yeah. everything too. And that's actually in that era that you're talking about. But also too, you know, another thing was this, I, the first time I saw 16 candles was like, maybe it was in, I was 13, maybe 14 years old at the time in the nineties. And it was on stars network. Yeah. And my mom's like, I saw long duck dong. And she's like, you need to see this. This is actually funny. So next thing I know, it, I'm watching it. I'm cracking up. I'm enjoying it. I still watch it because it reminds me of that time. My mom told me to sit down and watch this film and everything and just loving it. That's so, why I love this movie because it is, and a lot of movies are, and I'm sure you feel the same way, they're comfort food. They're comfort yep. food to us. And they make us laugh and remind us of a time when we were hopefully happy or, you know, it, it taught us something. But this movie really, for me, because of the age that I was, absolutely, I mean, I, I wanted a Jake Ryan. No Jake Ryan <laughs> came to my house. No, but I wanted one. You know, I mean, we all did. It was the, it was the kind of the dream. Exactly. You know? And then there's also another thing, another scene, though, that I really like is yeah. whenever the teacher's talking, Molly Ringwall is ticked off because of the fact that her parents forgot. And also to her friend is like, well, you know, they didn't really forget, forget. They just had a lot going on. She goes the same damn thing. Yeah. And then they're inside the classroom and Jake is behind them. And you know, that's actually how we talked. We talked through, we didn't have a cell phone. We had, That was texting. Yep, that was texting, instant messaging, email, all in one setting where you fold a note, you go ahead and pass it to your friend. You hope to God that the, the teacher doesn't go on ahead and take it from you or read it to the class. Yes. And everything. And then, you know, it's her friend's asking her a bunch of questions. Who would you sleep with? She said, Jake Ryan. Who would you go out with? Jake Ryan. Does and he stuff know? Like no. Right. Exclamation point! <laughs> exclamation point! Exclamation point! And then she says, "What does she say later? She'd shit, shit twice and die if he ever found out that she had a crush on him." Exactly. And then next thing you know, what what happens? Jake winds up. Her friends aren't even paying attention to her at all. No. Because she's asleep. She's like. <laughs> And she drops the note, <laughs> and then of course that's when Jake goes on ahead and goes, looks around and just takes it, and then he looks at it and he goes, "Oh, so this girl has the hots for me? Okay, that's what's up. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go on ahead so and because <laughs> she's so different from Caroline. I don't, know. yeah, but it's really funny because you don't hear people go, "I wish I was Caroline." They all want to be Samantha, Samantha Baker, exactly. And Samantha is more of your average student who isn't the popular girl in school. She's not really, like they say, they even point that out in the movie is she's not really much to look at. Even her brother says it too and everything too. She's not really much to look at. But underneath that though, she has a heart. She has a soul. She's a she's beauty in the inside and out. And that's something that I really liked about her character was yeah, the fact yeah. that she was someone that we can relate to and want to be. What? Yeah, and I think that was sort of the gift of Molly Ringwald as an actress is that she really knew how to embrace the roles she played, especially in this one. And she did such a, I mean, by the time she made this movie, she's already been in the business for, uh, she started on Facts of Life. So at least 10 years, I think, probably at this point. So she was she was very seasoned and she was so good and her just her deadpan, you know, 
if he ever finds out, I would, you know, shit twice and die and then just kind of walk off. I mean, she's so good and funny and she really was beautiful and, but in a really different way than Caroline. And that's, that's kind of, I like how they did um, the, the casting I thought was really good. Ooh, for this movie. Yeah. The casting was really good. You had John Cusack in it. You had Jones Cusack. I know. I know. And yeah, Michael, uh, my uh, Michael C. Hall, you said, or what was oh, his Anthony, last? Ma Anthony, former Ted, Anthony Michael yeah. Hall. Michael Anthony Hall. Thanks. Michael, what did I say? <laughs> I don't know. You know I'm what just, I mean. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the two names, Anthony Michael, Michael Anthony. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. Duh. I know that. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Anthony Michael Hall was was yeah. his name. I just need to double check in my notes real quick, but yeah. To me, I think that this whole, this movie is perfectly well casted. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you have a young John Cusack. You have a John and his sisters casted in this movie, though too. And it's you one have of first, one of their first right. movies, I think. Those two. Yeah, it was their first movie, I believe. Which yeah. is then later on, you wind up seeing them later on in other '80s movies and stuff like that. That John Cusack just right, yeah. but still, the geek was actually one of my other favorite. Uh, people oh, yeah. that shows up on the school bus and everything too. I'm all in Samantha's just having a horrible day. Yeah. I think it's weird though, that they, they refer to him both as geek and farmer Ted and in IMDb, he's called geek, not yeah. farmer Ted, which I think is weird because I always just called him farmer Ted. See, I always call him the geek. Yeah. Because that's, he was both, I guess, you know, cause there was that scene at the, at the, at the dance where, Randy, Sam's friend, calls she he, she calls him geek. She's like, geek, get the hell out of here, or, right. or something like that. Yeah, she calls him the geek and everything. Yeah. and that's what I knew him as was the geek because even in Turner Classic movies, that's what he they called him when they were yeah. interviewing him was yeah. the geek. So uh, when do they actually add on to his name like that though to call him call him that though? I wonder. Farmer Ted. Yeah, I, I never I don't knew know. that. They they call him Farmer Ted. Um, I can't remember who calls him Farmer Ted first. Okay. I mean, it's got to be the geek friends that call him that. Okay. They, they call him that at least once. Oh, and I think even when at the very end, when Caroline says, "Who are you?" I think he says, "A Farmer Ted." Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and yeah, look at that. Now I have not. to think about why I. I don't. I don't remember exactly, but I don't know. I, I, and maybe that's just like a silly nickname, like. I don't know, because he's obviously not a farmer. <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> but I wonder if it's because he's just that creepy, geeky kid that just wants oh, to fit no. in. He is, I don't know. He's a little creepy, isn't he? I love him. Right. But kind of reminds me, he's so much like, it's almost like he's he's the basis, I wonder, for Ducky in um, Pretty in Pink. Yep. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, they you. seem like a lot, a lot the same. And I love Ducky. Oh, I love the geek. Same here as well. And, you know, I have to laugh at this gym scene. With, Which one? <laughs> with Jake. With Jake oh, and them doing, doing the pull-ups. Pull <laughs> I'm like, you're thinking that I, I forgot all about how cheesy this looks. You're thinking that they're actually lifting up? Yeah. High, and they're not. They're just... <laughs> it's so weird because then they pull away. I've always been confounded by that. Like, we're... Did he mean for us to see that it was they weren't really doing that, or was that part of the joke? Like, what part of the joke is that? Because it's so funny. It, but it are, is. You know? It really is. 
because you're thinking that these two jocks are actually working out and sweating and they're not even lifting up that high to begin with. That's a very you know? classic sort of John Hughes where like these sort of weird things happen that seem completely normal within the spectrum of the movie. You exactly. know what I mean? He does that so many times throughout the movie. Like the, um, oh, I, now I have, I have to think about it, but like, just like weird things happen, but you're not, or like when Farmer Ted wakes up, the geek wakes up with this headgear on. Where did he get his headgear? <laughs> <laughs> it's like all of a sudden he has headgear on. Yeah. It kind of reminds happen? me of something like from a Looney Tunes commercial or something where all of a yeah. sudden it just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. And everything. Oh, but that's kind of kind of the kind of the joy of this movie are finding those little things even 40 years later. Exactly. I like the little things that I'm finding now in the movie compared to where I was in my early teens in a preteen state. Because yeah. you don't think about stuff like that when you're no. watching it and everything because you're there watching it because it's relatable to you because of the fact that you have friends that are like the pe people on 16 Candles. Yes. And everything. And you're not paying attention to like little small details like you are when you're an adult and then you're catching on to certain things, certain jokes that you never would have actually caught on to yeah. until like later on. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like with every John Hughes movie, you can catch certain things that later on at, in a certain time of your life when you're an adult and like, oh, okay. So that's where he was going with this joke or with, this is where he was going with that. Yeah. So, you know, it's just awesome to actually have a movie to where you can pay attention to little small details and have a laugh and then move on to the next scene and everything. Yes. And, it's really refreshing. And then also, too, you know, I like how Jake just asked his friend, he goes, so what do you think about Samantha, Samantha Baker? And he oh, just yeah. says, what about her? Yeah. I, I don't really think about her. What yeah. did you go out with her? For how much money? <laughs> but, I mean, that's 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 the funny kind of thing about this movie is that like she I mean, and that's why. 15 year old girls like myself love this movie and like you were saying earlier like finding different nuances well i didn't i didn't focus on any of the other humor i just wanted to see how she got jake or did she get him you know when i was that age but like that kind of thing and you realize i guess you know she's not popular she's not beautiful like caroline in the traditional beauty and so the friend is like why would you even want to go out with her that seems stupid Right. She's not even on the same level as you are, basically, is what he's saying. And Exactly. But you know what, though? That's good, though, in a way, because opposites attract. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to date the same kind of person that you are. It makes it boring. Yeah. You know? And that's what I feel like what Jake is doing. He's like, I've yeah. been with the most popular girl. I yeah. know what I'm getting with her. Yeah. Because she's like a carbon copy of myself. Yeah. With this, it's something new. Yeah. That I want to be trying to be with. I'm tired yeah. of doing the everyday popular thing that everybody thinks I want that I'm going to do. Samantha, that's, that's society. Right. That's that's another thing that John Hughes talks about a lot in his teen movies is what society expects of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why he's with Caroline because she's actually at the heart of it, not really a very good person. Look what she did to his house. Exactly because you know, oh, I always love going to your house because it makes me feel like I'm in Hollywood. And I'm just, I'm not going for verbatim on that, but yeah. you know, it makes her feel like she's empowered yeah. and everything and that she lives there because her parents, his parents are not there. So therefore she can do whatever the heck she wants because of the fact that she's Jake Ryan's girlfriend Yeah, and everything, and anything goes. And that house is magnificent. Who wouldn't mm -hmm. want to live there and pretend there's somebody else and drive around in a Porsche and 
the uh was that a Rolls Royce that yeah Rolls uh, yep. driving yeah so I think that yeah I mean I get I get it but then in the same breath she lets people trash it right disrespectful to to him to Jake disrespectful to the parents and not caring about who she hurts nope, and everything and as long as she gets what she wants yeah exactly, exactly. but I also like. I know I'm jumping around a little bit and not oh, no, going to see okay. but there's also this scene where Sam is watching her shower. Yeah, and that's everything. so weird. It is. It definitely is weird. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself in a 2021 kind of vibe situation because I'm like, okay, girls probably now look at each other and be like, you know what? I wish that I could actually have her body. Yeah, kind of well, thing. I think, and I think, or, like at the very beginning of the movie, she's kind of like looking in the mirror, like. So I mean, I think, I mean, I don't think what she's doing is like ab abnormal or anything. I just think it's, it's just, it's just weird. It's, it sort of shocked you all of a sudden because you're like watching this, and then there's like that happening. Exactly. So I think that's a little bit of a shock value. And then they talk about what a great person she is and how everybody worships her, and and it's kind of true. I mean, people do, right. but. I, th I think that, I don't know. I like Samantha better. She has more spunk anyway. <laughs> I agree. She can hold her own. She knows what she wants. She wants to go after it, but she doesn't quite know how to go after what she wants. No. And how about but, her face whenever, t every time he like talks to her before that, she's like, or like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, why would he like you? You keep making faces at him. <laughs> exactly. And then especially on the dance floor where he just looks at, at her and she's looking at him and then she just walks off like yeah, nothing even happened. like gone. <laughs> and he turns around and he's like, what the hell happened? Right. <laughs> but I like how Jake also tells his friend, he goes, I like how she looks at me. Yes. Because yeah. it's not lustful. It's more of, I want to date this guy. I want yeah. to be with this guy kind of type of thing. Yeah. You know, and we all have our... Right. And I feel like... Even guys can relate to that, though, oh, where, yeah. you know, there's always this one high school crush that got away kind of thing and stuff like that in a sense of whatever. And you can relate to that with Samantha's character. Oh, yeah. Because of the fact that you want to be with her and the reason and be with this popular girl or whoever you have a crush on. But, you know, you don't have no chance. So why even bother? Kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And she I mean, and, I mean, this and Samantha is I mean, she's she obviously has self-doubt. You know, and she wants to be, what did she say at the beginning of the movie? She wants to have an essence of something when she's like, you know, you need four inches of bod and a great birthday. And nope, there's no chance, you know. And, and so you can kind of see that at the beginning and that, and so kind of plays off. But like, if you watch just those scenes where she like looks at him weird and stuff, it's kind of like, dude, don't do that. He won't like you. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you're trying too hard. You might need exactly. to, you know, take a, take a step back a little bit. Yeah. Analyze the situation. <laughs> But, you know, um, but he doesn't question it or anything. He doesn't, he's very patient with her. Yes. And not to mention whenever he tries to get to know her and just, and you're thinking that it's not going to happen because of everything that she's being faced with. The grandparents answer the phone, for example. Oh, gosh, yes, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. Oh, my gosh. You hoodlum, you dirty, what does she call him, a dirty hoodlum? Yeah, you dirty hoodlum. I know what you want. <laughs> you just want one thing. And he's Samantha. Like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> right? Samantha doesn't want any likes of you. So she's not going to date you. She has no interest in you. And then hangs up on him. And he's like, what the hell happened? And then also, too, uh, another funny part, like I was saying, with the, whenever finally Samantha goes back to her home, that's when she realizes that she has to sleep on the couch. She's already having a crappy day. Oh, yeah, okay. Her, And then her, uh, the next thing you know it, she goes, oh, you're going to have to sleep in your room. Well, on the couch. Well, what about my brother's room? Oh, Long Dog Dong is going to be sleeping in your brother's room. She goes, who is Long Dog Dong? And then, you know, she starts <laughs> complaining about it and everything. And the brother looks at her because I don't know what you're complaining about. I'm going to be sleeping with a person with, named after a horse's ass. The kid is so funny. Yeah, he is. He's like, where'd you, the dad, where'd you learn that school? Oh, I'm getting my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> my tax dollars are actually coming through. Oh, gosh, yeah. And what about those grandparents? Oh, look, she got her boobies. That my was grandmother. Awkward. I can't believe my grandma felt me up. It was so funny. And then right. my, I think one of my favorite scenes is when the one grandma, I forget, Howard and... Um, um, Dorothy and Helen is smoking that cigarette that's like really long and she's got the spatula under there waiting for the ashes to drop and they're making the breakfast that's so funny it you know, is like it's... oh breakfast is served <laughs> ashes that cigarette's gonna fall off of that and right into her food <laughs> man <laughs> but we can all relate to something like that. We always had someone that would actually smoke and around around food and things like that during that time. And hopefully the ashes don't get in the food and all. <laughs> but yeah, one thing I really liked is that John Hughes made a really big effort to make make all the grandparents as well. He does uh, he he's really good at creating characters, but they're all very interesting in a super annoying grandma way and grandpa way. Like they're so annoying, but they're so good. They're just like great characters. You know, definitely so different from one another which is what i think adds some of the humor agreed because here's the thing we always have a grandmother or a grandfather that's like samantha's grandparents mm -hmm. right they either want to pinch your cheeks they want to see how big you've gotten they want to pick you up they want to do other things that you don't want them to do and everything no. and that's one of them yeah, so, and take over your room when a right. boy calls and then you don't get the call. <laughs> right. And then she also has her own phone line, which I had my own phone line because of the internet with dial-up. So I was able to relate on that level at that time. Yeah, we I did not have my own phone line, but I wish I had. And I mean, that they were probably just starting not too long before that, having separate lines in your room. I don't even know. But yeah, I did not have one and I was jealous. I was jealous about <laughs> everything in this movie. <laughs> right. But... Now we're going to get into the whole dinner scene. Finally, we get into the whole entire dinner scene and everything with Long Dog Dong and everything. And there was a joke at the dinner table about uh, the grandfather. Grandpa's hyena? Yeah, grandfather's <laughs> hyena. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Grandpa's uh, hyena. I'll let you go on and go into that, that scene a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's so funny because... Um, and I can't remember exactly what he's saying. He's like, oh, I get to mow the lawn and I get to do all these things and I whatever and to help grandpa's hyena. And then Mike, the brother, is like, it's hernia. <laughs> <laughs> and then Samantha's had enough. She's like, can I go to the New Faces dance? You know, like yes. she doesn't even want to go to the dance, but she needs to get the hell out of that house. 
Right. And then he goes, yeah, but you have to bring Long Dark Dong with you. And then all of a sudden, I like how the dong. Yeah. (laughs) And then then it's funny because as soon as they get to the dance, he's got a girlfriend. (laughs) Right. And And that's a whole different, like, I mean, then that's John Hughes, though. That's what he does. He's like, you're at the dance and now you have a girlfriend. It's just so funny. It is. It definitely is. If you think about it like that, because you're thinking that this foreign exchange student that they have is going to be around her all through the dance and everything. And Samantha doesn't want to deal with him. She's like I said, she's having a bad day. And that's like the last thing she needs is someone to crowd her day because her day has already been eventful enough without having anybody with her. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, having Long Dog Dong, and then he goes off and does his own thing, which I'm glad that they gave him his own adventure to do. Yeah, I, feel I, like- th- I think that was really good. A really good way to keep it funny, but also just give it a little brevity and, and, and humor. Exactly. Because, you know, I feel like everybody, all the characters got their screen time as big as this movie is. Yeah. The characters got their screen time and the way they need to actually have their screen time. Agreed. And, yeah. you know, having Long Dog Dong do his own adventure, seeing what, and they all meet up in one location anyways, like later on at uh, Jake's party and everything yeah. anyways. So, yeah. yeah. And we don't know how, um, I'm trying to think of, so she gave, yeah, I was just, I was just had a, had a moment, but I was thinking then the, um, when he drives up to drop Samantha off and there's the drive, in stuff on the counter or on the window oh yeah like uh, all i could think of is sonic back in the day yeah because they had those yes a and w did that i don't know they don't think they still do but that was a huge a and w i don't know if you know what that is i I don't know if you have them down where you are but no we have they're the same they're basically the same as sonic only they were 70s and 80s they were big on and so you would drive up now today they still have them but they're go and sit down but you would drive up and they bring the food out to you you order in the intercom you see with me with sonic they still have to drive drive up where the person yeah. will come to your window yeah. but they don't have it where the tray is hooked to your window we have to crack the window up a little bit to where the tray can fit fastenly on that window yeah if it doesn't if all your food goes down on the down ground. and i like I, I was thinking that when i was watching it again i'm like i wonder if like somebody that's never been to Sonic or NW would know even what that is because we no. did. It was just the way that things were done back then. But um, oh my gosh, when we would go, my dad would be in the car chain smoking and you know passing the food, and we'd be like, "Don't ash in our food." <laughs> <laughs> that was not maybe as fun as it looked. <laughs> right, not as not looking back now. <laughs> Especially if it was hot out, your car was off, and the bugs are coming in, and yeah. Oh, good times. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 that can actually, to be honest with you, I can still relate to that song, that scene though with Long Duck Dong and he just drives off and there's the tray on it. And then he crashes into the other person's car while they're having sex. <laughs> and then <laughs> I love that scene. And if you're not watching carefully, you miss the couple in the back. Right. And this is my first time noticing the couple in the back 
Oh, really? Everything. Yeah, so the couple are in the back having sex and everything, and then I like how Long Dog Dong is, just has all the confidence in the world because now he has a girlfriend. Yeah. He has a cigarette in his <laughs> hand. Like, Come on. He just, kicks that, uh, she kicks that door closed, and they're like, we're out of here. And then they're on the yeah. bike, the exercise bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's whenever the ceiling crashes down, yes. and then they find out that there's actually wine in the wine cellar, so they wind up getting drunk off the wine. <laughs> that was a really good wine cellar. I'm kind of jealous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, they probably have some pretty good stuff over there, to be honest with you. It, it's amazing that, like, I mean, that's another whole John Hughes thing, though. Like, the thing falls through. Nobody gets hurt. You know, there's a there's a party suddenly, and there's hundreds of people and all the beer and pizza in the world. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, another thing that I have to find that I find that's actually funny, though, you have that going on. Then you have the downstairs area where basically Jake doesn't even want to be there no. or anything like that. He's thinking of some math the whole time. He's miserable at his own party, even though it's not actually his own party. It's his girlfriend's party that she's yeah. throwing at his house. Yeah. <clears throat> then you also have the geek that shows up. Because don't forget, he also interrupts her, uh, uh, Samantha, whenever he's dancing. Yeah. Uh, when she's dancing, trying to get to know Jake and everything and stuff like that. And she just randomly just shows up, starts dancing with her. That is so, that was so funny. Just like, I couldn't even <laughs> do it if I wanted to, but it's no. so funny. And I think, I think that um, it, when he shows up at the party with, uh, now I forgot John Cusack's character's name and his, I guess that's his brother, too. right? I mean, Technically, I mean, because they, they're at the same house later, so I think they're brothers, but maybe they're just having a sleepover. Who knows? But That's um, what I was thinking. I was just thinking yeah. a sleepover, to be honest yeah. with you. And I actually was thinking, this is so stupid, but I was thinking, well, maybe that's how um, Geek got his retainer when they went back to the house. That makes sense. They were going to have a sleepover, but he never <laughs> went, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. But um and he's like, okay, now be polite to his parents. <laughs> and then they open, and then, and then Long Duck Dong opens the door and he's like, woo! <laughs> and there's just this huge party behind them. And then they break, they uh, knock the beer cans over. Yeah, they knock the beer cans over. It is just total chaos at that house at that yeah. point. That, and everything. The beer, the beer cans, though, that's in a lot of 80s movies. That's not the first or last one I think that no. that happened, but it's funny. Right. Just the delivery of how they do it, though, is what makes it comical I and everything. I you can like, do something. This yeah. is my take on it. You can do something in another movie and do it in a movie like 16 Candles. Yes, it's different, but it's the delivery on how you handle it and exactly. the placement of it and where the characters are at when it happens. Yeah, That makes it funny. Yes. Oh, we should probably also talk about, since we're talking about the party, uh, Caroline and the hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll while, let you do that one. Okay, so while while um Jake is calling Samantha's house, he goes to close the door and Caroline is very drunk and he closes the door and her hair, the back of her hair catches in the door. And since everybody's so drunk, nobody thinks, "Hey, let's just open the door and let her and let um her out." Her friend is like, "I'm going to help you." And she goes and cuts her hair. And Caroline is like, thank you so much. Like, she just did her the biggest favor. Because I think if she was sober, that wouldn't have quite happened that way. No. But it was so funny. And then later on, she obviously, one of the things that's always bothered me about this movie is later on, she doesn't remember it. But she holds up this wad of hair, and it looks nothing like the same color of the hair 
it's supposed to be her hair, but it, you can clearly tell it's not because it's not even the same color as her wig. Right. Which, by the way, I think that has to, that was a wig. I was going to say that the sister, I think it was the sister that actually has red hair in real life, and she had to wear a wig too. But she would have had to wear a wig anyway because all of her hair was cut off. Okay. It was just such a funny scene, especially when she dropped the pearls. And now I'm trying to think of the actress's name who played her friend because she later went on to be in The Lost Boys. And really? okay. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's the same actress. I just can't remember her name. Um, oh wow, that's I, I actually think, one of my other favorite movies too. She's, she's she. I think she plays. Is it Star? Yeah, so, Star. Yeah, I, I think it's the same actress who plays Star. But I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I, I think it is. So it would have been three or four years before the Lost mm. Boys. I think Cause that came out in what 87, 88. 88. I I believe. Okay, so it'd have been about four years before that. Yeah, probably one of her first roles. Definitely. And I love the Lost Boys and everything. I love Star was actually one of my crushes that I had on back then too. Sutherland but... was one of mine, so you know. <laughs> right, I gotcha. That was but, another great movie. Uh there is something that we could backtrack maybe a little yeah, bit, yeah, but not yeah. much. Sure. Uh but there's also the part oh no 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 no. There is a part where with the underwear where basically the geek has oh. to show uh, the underwear to his friends and everything. And I like how he's actually talking about um, basically what it winds up happening is this, he winds up charging people to see him hold up the, these underwear. And he goes, well, what grade are you in? His friends are saying, well, what grade are you? He goes, so funny. He goes, I'm a freshman. Okay. You can come in 12 bucks. And so yeah. the next thing you know, is see the geek, he kicks open the stall and then he holds up, Samantha's underwear, uh, because they said that you had to get her underpants to say that she, that he actually got laid, and everything. So Samantha and winds up giving him his under her underwear because of the fact that she wanted information on Jake, and everything, and that's the only reason why she even did it in the first place. Otherwise, yes. she would have said no. Yes. <clears throat> and I love that scene where she actually like agrees to give him when he comes in and he knocks over the. They, all those tools in the shop and then they have that kind of conversation and it's kind of a nice moment where they're like becoming going to become friends even though she just walked away from him dancing a couple minutes earlier I, I like that i think that they probably would have had a really nice friendship after the movie ended or at least i would imagine it because at the heart of it the geek and sam were they had kind of the same heart yeah you know? they did they were both really kind of nice people i think even though you know they're still finding their way in the world they they didn't know yet who they are or i think that's part of the beauty of this movie is that john right. Hughes really wrote those characters so you really understood that but i mean even um even the underwear thing though he handled that pretty well i mean it was funny i mean i guess maybe right. some people wouldn't think it's funny but i thought it was funny and then he like gives them to jake later and he's like whoa what's up with that like what you get these you know, I, think, right. I was going to say, I think my favorite scene in the movie or at the party is when at the very end when everybody's gone and he looks down at the table and he kind of moves the magazine and then there's geek like, because <gasps> he's in the table. <gasps> right, in the glass. Yeah, because it's one of those glass tables. Yeah. <gasps> <Help> <laughs> and then he's like making martinis like a pro. Right, like he was part of James Bond or something. Right, he was like 45 before I knew how to make a martini. <laughs> right, like he just got done watching Cocktail with uh, Tom oh, yeah. Cruise. Sure, yeah, Elizabeth Shue. 
Yeah, exactly. right. Maybe he did. Right. And he's like, I got this. I'm, I'm going to make this. He's just like talking about Sam. <laughs> making, he even like put the garnish on. <laughs> I like how chilly is, though. He's like, he has a smoothness to him. He's like, okay, well, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's a geek and he's like kind of out here, but he's also super chill, especially when he's talking to Jake. Yeah. They're, they're pretty chill about it. But I think we also should talk about. What the hell is an oily bohunk? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I've never heard that term ever before or since. Me either. And you know, uh, you know I, guess, I guess I should say I'm referencing Jenny, this Samantha's sister who's getting married. They keep talking about he's gonna marry, she's going to marry an oily bohunk. Rudy Rizcheck. Or is it rice check or rice check? Rice check, I think. Yeah, rice check. I think the dad says rice check and she says the mom says rice check. Maybe that's a slang term for marrying somebody that might have money. That's oh. a part of the industry or something, I guess. Actually, I don't know. But the sister's like, have you ever had a man love you? Not not for six whole months at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, too, another funny thing that happens. You see, I always thought this scene with Jake and the geek were talking. Yeah. I always thought that was like the next morning. I didn't realize it was the night because I've always had that placement of the next morning because don't forget, we see the repercussions of the party and everything. So I'm thinking it's the next day, the next morning after that he has to clean up all this mess, but it's actually that same night that they have that conversation. So I'm like, okay, so it's not the way I actually remembered it. So I think I I like it a lot better during the nighttime because it gives him a chance to process all the information the geek is telling him and then act on it later on during the morning time versus going into it in the morning time, trying to clean up, seeing the geek, and the geek goes on and tells him everything, and then he has to rush through it and try and win Samantha. This way he has a way to actually settle on it, talk just to go – after he gets done talking to the geek, he makes him go in and take – his girlfriend, his soon-to-be ex-girlfriend home and everything, and he's able to just lay on it for a while yeah, and process the information that the geek gave him and then decide if he wants to go ahead and pursue her or not, especially all the inconvenient stuff that happened prior, before that. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I think think you're right. And I think, I mean, it's hard to say what part of the night it is, too, because, I mean, all this happened in such a short period of time, like the giant party and then the and then the wedding, because everybody's rushing out, because then we have the chaos in the morning of the wedding. <laughs> so it's sort of the same chaos with more people. And then uh, Ginny is, uh, took, what, four tranquilizers? So yeah. they're trying to just get her to be able to stand up. That's so funny. I love it when she's walking down the aisle and she's like ringing that lady's bell on her hat. She's like, yeah, ah, and she's snapping and she's like, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. It's it so is. Funny. And you know what, though? I didn't realize that she actually sits in the aisle in the church where everybody else is supposed to be watching her get married. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know. I forgot all about that scene. And then she's also messing with the person's hat. Yeah. And like, that that scene was hilarious. What What's so funny about that scene is everybody's acting like it's completely normal for this woman to be like acting like a stone, you know, totally out of her mind. Like they're all still like, yay, they're getting married, yay, and nobody's like, uh, maybe we should give her some coffee or something. Right. That's and what I think is so funny about that. You know. This is also something that I didn't think about. Bachelorette parties and everything wasn't the biggest 
thing, I don't think, during that time either. No, and they didn't even have a rehearsal dinner, which you do no. today. They had they went out with the to the club with the right wrist rice checks, rice checks, and they you know, they didn't even have a rehearsal dinner. Right. So that's something that I would have been questioning. Okay, why is she high? What is going on with this woman? Why is she yeah. acting the way she is? And then all of a sudden in the church though, too, her father goes, No one's gonna know that she's on her period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go, go on ahead. I'll, I'm no, not. I, I was just gonna say, it. and then the woman that plays the um the uh um not the piano. What's that called? The uh, organ. Organ. Thank you. And her shoes are like. Yep. And I think that actress was also in Poltergeist. Yep, she was. She was. That's in what Poltergeist. I thought. Yeah, she did a great job. That was a scary movie. But yep. yeah, that I mean that was. That that wedding scene is so funny, and then at the end when she goes out and she's still like loosey goosey, and she takes the hat of, from the um, driver, and and their new husband is just like, yeah, this is normal. Wave goodbye, you know, like he's he's having a grand old time. Like he's probably drunk anyway from the night right. before or whatever. But it's just so funny because it's unexpected. The reaction of other people is so unexpected, and that's what I think is makes it funny. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Also, too, uh, Long Dai Dong is also drunk as a skunk oh. and everything. <laughs> too. As a matter of fact, yeah. that night with Jake and everything, when he, that scene that I was playing earlier at the very beginning, when he jumps out, out, out of the tree, goes, hey, girlfriend, and then <laughs> he jumps out and Jake's just watching falls. And then the next morning, um, the grandfather's just chained of uh, Long Dai Dong for getting drunk, drunk and everything. Yeah, and he's like looking at him and he's like, dong, 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 dong. And he's just on the ground laughing like, ah, and they just leave him there. Like the neighborhood must be like, what is happening? There's a dude just laying in the grass next door. And right. they're just like, well, we got to go to the wedding now. So whatever. <laughs> and then when Jake comes to the door and he looks through and he's like, Ooh. You beat my face. <laughs> you beat my face. Slim's door. <laughs> where's now? And I like it when he goes, "Where's Samantha at? She getting married? What?" <laughs> and married. he goes, "She getting married? What?" She's at the church. She's at the church. <laughs> and, a, and then he says, "Marrying an oily bohunk." <laughs> So he said it too. <laughs> and then Jake is like, what in the hell are you talking about? Right. I bet he was thinking like this, man, this girl moves fast. Right? <laughs> because it goes oh. from my girl, would, my, my granddaughter would never date the likes of you. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's getting married. She's going to the church. <laughs> it was just, it was such, it was so funny. That whole I don't know. The whole movie is funny. I think mm -hmm. one of the things I do like about this movie, it's very fast moving and there's no scenes that aren't like important to the main plot of the movie. There's no like tangents that are like, oh, I hate this part. Right. Everything is lovable about this. Not only that, but there's no side plots either. Not, no, like I said, I that's great. Right. Because even you can actually count maybe, maybe the long dike dong as a side plot, but actually it's not really because it no. connects in with the party scene, like I said before. So yeah. you have the connectivity and the cohesiveness of yeah. that. And I, I would consider him a central character to this movie, actually. 
I think he is because without his character, a lot of stuff won't happen. And the stuff needs to happen in order for Jake and, and Samantha to even get together, you know? Right. So I think it's, and, and plus, you know, everybody's rooting for him. He's awesome. Who doesn't love long duck dong? Everybody right. loved him. Well, maybe not Mike, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But then Jake shows up at the wedding and everything. And I loved how you have, it's like John Hughes is like, okay, we're done wrapped up. We wrapped up the sisters getting married. Let's move on and let's get her out of the way. Now we have the Jake scene, but before the Jake scene, oh, we have the scene where it. the geek is oh, at, the church. at the church and everything. They're passed out and everything. And basically they're questioning their own motives and everything. Did we do what do I think we did? Yeah, probably. But there's no evidence as to knowing if they did anything or not or anything no. like that. I no. just, here's the thing. I think they were just both drunk enough to where they just passed out and I nothing agree. happened. I agree. I agree. I think it's just I, the innocence of it. I, I agree. I think, I, and I think that that, I, I don't know what he was intended when he went, but Farmer Ted said what happened. Neither one of them remember anyway. Right. But right, I don't exactly. even, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's anything. No, I, no. I think it's really not. funny when when um, Geek says, where are we or whatever? And she says, we're across the street from my church. And she, she goes, you own a church? <laughs> <laughs> Which is no surprise, though, if you think about it, because this girl has money. So therefore, she could probably own a church. She's like right? Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's so funny. And then and then actually, I thought the breakup between her and Jake was was mm -hmm. was nice. I mean, they were very nice, kind about it. And I think I'm glad that that happened that way, too. I think they needed to. In order for everybody to root for Ray, Sam and Ron, Jake, you had to have the breakup. Yes. It had to happen. And I loved how the breakup happens. It's like, you know, what we once had is just not there. It's just not clicking. And I see that you're now you're happy with the geek and everything. And it's, you know what? It's funny that a popular girl like her would fall for the geek, but it's also the same sense that Jake falling for uh, Sam, though, too. Yeah, I think there's a central theme there that it doesn't, and even with, with uh, Long Duck Dong and his girlfriend, who they call Lumberjack, I think, in the movie, but yeah. um, I think there's a sort of a central theme there that it doesn't matter how much money you have or how popular mm -hmm. you are, how important you think you are, love is love. Exactly. You know, and I and I think that's the message of this movie. But oh, we have to talk about that moment where they get in the car, and she's like the veil, and she runs back in, and she comes out holding the veil, and there he is. Like I love that oh. moment where the dad gets sits down, and the car drives off, and he's just standing there. It so much made me go. Oh! Every time I see it, it still does that because there he is, and his in his. And he just looks so good and he's so cute. And then she's like, hey, and she's like looking around. I love that moment. It's just so I do too. beautiful. It's beautiful. It's one of the best moments like that ever. Like when a couple gets together in a movie. I, I think. It's it's really is best though, to be yeah. honest with you. Finally, they get to no conflict, nobody interfering anymore. It's now them to now you have the chemistry to where maybe something might happen between right. the two of them. And it's a really simple moment. Mm -hmm. And it's not funny. 
It's just a simple, beautiful little moment. And it's just like, hey, you. I just love that. And then, of course, they bring the moment that everybody tries to recreate or wants to have, and that's the cake yep. with the, sitting on the table, which, you know, all the moms in the world went, no, you can't sit on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all the girls were like, we want to sit on the table. I think everybody, every teenager wants to have that, you know, of every teenage course. girl wants to have that, which I don't blame teenage girls for wanting to have that one moment, especially with their crush or have their 16th birthday on a table or whatever, because you only turn 16 once. It's not going to happen right. all the time. And it was already so, a terrible birthday for her. Everybody forgot it. Right. So it was such a nice, just sort of redeeming moment in that movie. I loved it. I think it's really one of my favorite moments of any 80s movie. And I think the only one I could think of that might be even, I like even more would be from When Harry Met Sally. But um, that's a good movie I, too. I, yeah. And the ending, this, this sort of the same thing, how they got together. But 16 Candles is really. It's just far, far and away the best. Same. Oh, uh, John H. Mudgett said he gave you a definition of what oily. Oh, a big stupid looking fella. Yep. The sort you'd call for a booty call, but you don't want to marry them or let your friends know you are sleeping with them. Thank you, John. That's good. That's awesome. And by the way, you guys can actually pick up John H. Mudgett's book <laughs> and oh, everything yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. It's called Crazy Is As Cra uh, Crazy Does. A life of a serial killer. Oh, great! What? Who is it about? Um, it's actually a fictional character named oh. John Goodman, oh. and it's set in 1955. Basically, he runs into other fictional, uh, other true um, people inside 1955. Like he runs into Ted Bundy, he runs into the lead singer of The Doors, and stuff like that. Oh, wow! That's really cool. I, I'm gonna have to check that out. I, I love a good book. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pass the link to you after the show and everything yeah, if you that want would to check be it great. out. I, yeah, I would love to. That's awesome. yeah. Matter of fact, I did an interview with him. I'll send that link out to oh, to yeah. you as well. You no, know, I think I I think I I think I saw that. Okay. Yeah, I would love it. I love to. I love to see that. Okay, so let's go. There's some trivia and stuff like that that we're gonna get to. We're not gonna probably get to it all, but there's some fun facts that you looked up yourself, and I have to give you credit for doing that. Oh, thank you. I, I don't mind welcome. sharing all the credit. Actually, I really don't. <laughs> but still, you did the research and everything. You deserve the credit. I do appreciate that <laughs> so much because I love looking at trivia. I'm a huge trivia fan. Me too. Uh, so. We're just going to go into a few things, and then if anybody wants to, I'm going to try and figure out a way to have this in the description If in case anybody wants to go in and check it out. I'll even post the uh, links to where Beth found these and everything, yeah. too. Yeah, I put all the sources in case anybody wants to go, because there was a lot. There's so much information and a lot that I didn't know about about this movie. Because, you know, back in the 80s, there was no internet. <laughs> you couldn't no. look that up. You had to find out things through, I don't know, the telephone or talking. <laughs> exactly. So here's a little fun thing. Uh, Hughes wrote the screenplay in one weekend, which is really, uh, really Crazy. impressive. Yeah. And I think he did that with, um, I think he did that with a lot of his movies, but I think Ferris Bueller was another one he wrote really quickly. So he must've had the idea already. I wouldn't be surprised. John knows how to actually put a, together a great script, to be honest with you. He really did. And it doesn't sound like there were there were changes, but not a ton. <clears throat> no, not at all. I mean, pretty much what you see is what you get in every John Hughes movie and yeah. everything. Nothing's being left on the editing room floor like we have today. 
Yeah. And everything. And everything is within budget, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, uh, John H. Mudgett says, has one more thing to say. It's from 1955 to 2018. Oh, okay. And you're very welcome, John. I'm, I appreciate you being on the show, and you're welcome for the plug. <laughs> and thanks for watching us. Yeah, thank you for that as well. I do appreciate that, John. Thank you for the support. That means so much to me. Um, let's see here. John Hughes was born in uh, February 8, 18, 1950 and passed away on August 6, 2009. He was 59 years old. Hughes was born and raised in Lansing, Michigan. His yeah, family Lansing. moved to... Ch yeah. What, what is it? Lansing. Lansing. Okay, Lansing. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm you. from the Midwest, so I know um, how to say all the words, all of the names of cities. <laughs> I appreciate that. I might have to just call you one day on a show if I'm stuck on something. <laughs> so. It's in the Midwest, I can tell you. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he's from Lansing, Michigan. Um, his family moved to Chicago suburbs when he was 13. He began his writing career selling jokes and then moved into advertising. He would often visit, visit the National Lampoon offices while on business trips. Eventually, he wrote a short story for the magazine, which became the basis for National Lampoon's vacation in the mid-90s. He left Hollywood to move back to Chicago, where he continued to write screenplays, including the Beethoven movies until his death. Did you watch the Beethoven movies, John? I watched part one and part two. Okay. Okay. Those were the two original ones. Anytime yeah. whenever I see straight to DVD, yeah. that's pretty much when I check out. <laughs> yeah. I just remember my kids watched them and I think that, um, but I think they were out long before my kids watched them. But um, I think there's at least five or six in the franchise. Yeah. And he, I think he wrote yeah. all of them from what I saw on IMDb. Oh. Uh, this is what Brandy says too. Molly Ringwald was 15 in real life when she played that part. That also explains her innocence, though, too. Whenever, yes. could... yeah, and, and, and that reminds right. me that that's another part of the of, to to add to that. Uh, Michael Schofling, who played Jake Ryan, was 23 when he when he made the movie, so he was quite a bit older. Which is interesting because when you see him with the geek, you can tell there's a huge age difference just looking at the two of them together. Right. Because Jake definitely looks like an 18-year-old, to be honest with you. He looked older yeah. than 18 to me. But right. Maybe not 23, but he definitely looked older than 18. Right, exactly. Because sometimes when they cast people in roles like this, they normally go for like 20s, which I don't know why. <laughs> um, I actually think a lot of the reason they did that was just because to get around having to do the child labor laws. And, oh, yeah. You know, if they can only work X amount of time and they got to have teachers on set True. and stuff and guardians, I think it was easier just to cast older actors to play younger actors. To play That's a good point. Actors. I think that would be my guess. Hey, it makes sense, though, to yeah, be honest with does. you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, that's pretty much all the trivia that I want to mention. Was there anything that you wanted to mention out of some of the trivia notes that you had? No, the only thing that surprised me, and I think we texted about this last week, was that John Hughes only directed eight movies. And that surprised me. I thought it was way higher in number than that. So I thought that was an interesting piece of trivia. Same know. here as well, because yeah. it seems like his filmography is a lot bigger than what it is, right? Because we're so yeah. used to seeing Uncle Buck. Yeah. We're so used to seeing Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and the list just goes on, 16 yeah. Candles. And it just amazes me that it was only that many films yeah. that he actually directed. I thought he directed most of the films that he wrote, and I don't know where I ever got that impression from, but 
it, it really surprised me when I was doing this research and I was like, only eight, how is that possible? Of course, eight, the, they're eight of my favorite, probably six of them are my favorite movies from the 80s, but um, even still, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and I, I think I, we talked about this a little bit too. I met at a, um, a, a book signing, I met Andrew McCarthy and people were asking about Pretty in Pink and um, he actually mentioned, and I didn't know this, he's like, yeah, Howard Deutsch directed it, not John Hughes, because people were asking as if it was John Hughes directing. So that's kind of how I got the idea, because I didn't know that. And Howard Deutsch, he directed a, a fair amount of films. I think he's still directing today. He's married to Leah Thompson, who was in Back to the Future. And, okay. Um, yeah. So, and I think, so he must have also directed a movie called, um, oh, now it's, now it's escaping me. Um, never mind. I'll have to, I'll have to, <laughs> I can't remember it, but it's one with Eric Stoltz. We talked about it and um, you hadn't seen it, but it was one of my favorite John Hughes movies, but it was okay. directed by H Howard Deutsch. Leah Thompson is in it. And I think that's how they met because they're married today. Okay. So where can everybody reach you at if they want to go ahead and follow you and all that other good stuff over we are at your on podcast? Instagram, we are on Facebook. You can actually just Google us at um, Made for Me TV Movie, uh, Made for TV Movie Club Podcast. But we have a hashtag. You can also hashtag, um, I'm looking at it because I wrote it down, uh, MFTVMC Podcast. So made for me made for tv movie club podcast and that's how you can find us we're all over the place okay well i do appreciate you beth i appreciate you a lot on everything you do on your podcast oh thank you and everything else you guys thank do you such a good job me. up there I'm so happy to be here and i hope that you invite me again because I. Had oh of course i enjoy this beth i enjoy this a lot uh for Me those too. of you, you're very welcome. It's so great to actually hear somebody that loves sixteen candles as much as I do and loves the not eighties. I know nostalgia. we like a lot of a lot of the same movies, so I think we'll have to talk again for yes, sure. Yes, definitely. We have a lot of eighty stuff to cover. We do. We do. Matter of fact, I did Beatles Jews last week. I I, so, I listened to so, that episode. Yeah, awesome. that was a great. Thank you. I that was I was such a good episode, but it. It was it was fun because I hadn't seen the movie in a while, so I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that scene." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, gosh, yeah. So yeah, it was a great episode. I enjoyed it. Thank you. So guys, if you guys want to go on ahead and follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Also, too, guys, we are actually doing a little bit of a benefit thing for St. Jude's right now. We're doing a charity event. For Cincy's. I'm actually teaming up with Two Blur Girls podcast. Go on ahead, get yourself a Cincy. All of the proceeds go over to St. Jude's Hospital for uh, kids who have cancer. So go on ahead, do that. Click that link below. Also, too, if you guys want an audio only episode of this podcast, of this episode, and many things that we do here at Movie Loves You Tonight, just go on ahead and get that where you guys get your podcast from. But also, too, rate us on Good Pods right now. Because right now we've been number one for last week and this week on Good Pods. Thank you so hey. much. And keep on rating us and everything. Tell us what you think about our show over here at, uh, at Movie Lovers Unite on Good Pods. Because here's the thing. I love Good Pods better than I do Apple Podcasts. Because here's the thing. You can actually go into each episode, comment on the episode, and like the episode, and tell and give us a rating on the episode. And tell us what you liked about that episode or what you didn't like about the episode. It helps us to improve as podcasters and also gives us interaction with you, the fans, to be able to 
you know, interact with us. Also, too, if you guys want to, go in and follow me under uh, Twitter, under Movie Lovers Unit over there. And, of course, we do some shows on stereo as well at Movie Lovers Unit over there as well. And then, of course, if you're a sponsor would like to get in touch with us or anything like that, just go ahead, email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com, and that's everywhere that you can reach me at. Um, right now, my domain is actually closed as far as the website goes, but I'm working on getting a dom another domain later on. So... As far as movieloversunite.com, there's actually a Wix website that you can go to, and that's going to be the new updates and stuff like that. So just go ahead, type in movieloversunite, and the Wix account will actually show up instead of .com, but that's perfectly fine. Um, so, yeah, here's the thing. Do you want to try and do Pretty in Pink next? Me? Talk about Pretty in Pink? I yeah. would love that. Yes, okay. of course. So I'm so on board. I'm excited. Awesome. I'll try and set you up sometime next uh, next month or maybe maybe sometime around that area. I know I have okay. some people already scheduled for the month of September, but not all the way through September. Okay. So I'll get with you on that later on. I would love to do it. I would love to come awesome. back and totally love to talk about more. Rollet Molly Ring was awesome. Okay. Sounds yeah. great. I'm looking forward to it. So guys, thank you for being a part of our show. Thank you, Beth, once again and everything for joining me. Thank you to everybody that's been watching. I do appreciate you guys. To, and another thing, though, too, is tomorrow night, Charlie will be back on the show with me tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. We are going to be doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger filmographies, just talking about our favorite Arnold movies. Then Friday night, I'm going to have the Boston Badass from the movie Trivia Schmodown coming in, talking about the remake of the 2009 film Friday the 13th. And that's going to be at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time for that one. So join us. I hope everybody has a pleasant night. And I can't wait to do this again, guys. And bye-bye. Bye. See you guys. Have a good one.